Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast. This is episode 316, brought to you by, of course, CG Magazine. I am your host, Jordan Biordi. Joining me today is a lovely panel of excellent writers and thought provokers. We are joined by Clement Go. Hello, how is it going? Eh, it's all right. Uh, were you asking me or the audience? I was asking the audience. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they're doing just as good. Of course, we have Cole Watson. NVIDIA, give me one of those new graphics cards, will you? Well, that no. was really awfully specific. I'll do a review. I don't care. I need one. Check, check your oven, man. <laughs> well, it might have, the 3090 might as well be as big as an oven. hold for applause <laughs> sorry i don't know enough about graphics cards to laugh at those jokes i have a friggin surface book too and i just i just do what it tells me i'm just I'm not sure if that he's proud of that or if he's ashamed of that uh, it's a little bit of both and last but not least before we start getting way too into it we have alex hanziuk wow i so since brendan's not here can i be the editor-in-chief of this podcast no oh Come on, everyone should get at least one chance. Everyone's everyone's slowly Everybody creeping their way one. in to, to usurp the throne. <laughs> so it sounds like we have a fight in our hands. Not I'm trying to well, indicate anything. Until Brendan listens to this and he fires all of us. I, I, I I'd like to see you try, Brendan Fry. Yeah, Brendan Fry. Next week, it's just going to be like a completely different cast. <laughs> I wonder what happened. Well, you are not, Schmixel, you are not suggesting the magazine would stage a coup on their own gaming publication, would they? Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but I don't want to implicate myself here. Okay, well, let me get my popcorn before you do. <laughs> well, let's, let's dive right into it, guys. We got some, uh, some fairly interesting stuff to talk about this week. Some, uh, some cool, some cool game news happened. Oh um, yeah, I mean it's another one of those weeks where you wouldn't expect anything to come up until Nintendo just does whatever they want and they say, "Okay, we're gonna drop another live stream to tell you about uh, a new Zelda game." Because right out of nowhere, we're Nintendo; we can do whatever we want, right? No rain check or anything to prepare the journalist. Yeah. It's- oh, that you know what? And they're they're so great like that. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone, it's like you go on Twitter. <laughs> And it's constantly just like, like, I don't know. I follow a lot of people who like, you know, post Nintendo stuff. And it's just like 90% of it is like, Nintendo, where's our directs? Oh, it's been like this many days since a direct. When are we getting one? And it always bothers me a little bit that like people like, you know, not necessarily just game journals, but like gamers, quote unquote, in general, feel like so entitled to constant updates and information. So like, it's but I always find it better that Nintendo just works on their own schedule. You know, you get so many companies, got people who go to E three and whatnot who announce a game, and it's just like, oh, by the way, you're not going to see this game for another seven years. So you know, find a comfy chair. Like Nintendo just is like, yeah, you know, we'll just announce it whenever we want. And oh, by the way, it comes out in like two months. Yeah, yeah I mean, what like, you mean? It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's, giving it's, yourself the benefit of the doubt. Sorry. No, no worries. No, but it's clear that um, this and the Mario thing were probably scheduled to appear in the e3 presentation that never happened because e3 didn't happen but it 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 seems like they're 
we're we're not going to get a big Nintendo Direct. Probably we're going to get these little presentations that are directed on on titles or at least properties. That's what we got with Zelda. That's what we got with the big Mario one last week. And um, yes. Well, I feel I feel like I feel like Zelda at least at the very least might have been um like one of those one of those ones that like you know the that Nintendo would have saved for one of like the you know the off season direct like had nintendo i think had more of a like a regular schedule to work with that hadn't been you know upset by current events you know we might have maybe seen some updates on like breath of the wild 2 and you know maybe some because i feel like even even the mario 30th stuff like that doesn't seem to be like something that you would save for an e3 like e3 oh, is sure you big your your biggest I, I stuff. Mean, like, how long have people been asking for 64 and Sunshine and Galaxy to come back? Like that is like that is a no-brainer. It might not be the the headlining thing or the thing you want as the top thing in your direct, but it's like it's a pretty good like one B, I think, in terms of like, oh my gosh, it's a slam dunk. Who's gonna get angry at this? And I there mean still are fan requested games. I mean, like I said in the last episode, I bet there was someone waiting ten or five years for this since the switch came out just uh, not even five years i mean it's been out for what four years now someone's been waiting for this sure. since the beginning of the console and I'm they're sure finally cole, getting that, it that's been cool he's just been sitting there like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was about to add, marios i was about to bring him into this um because uh with nintendo kind of just uh dropping whatever uh news they want on the spot that kind of means that you're hit in the face sometimes with some bombshell news too and cole how do you feel about nintendo's kind of like way of just dropping hyrule warriors to right in front of you like that uh, i think with the announcements that have been coming out in the industry in general that everything's been piecemealed out i think that everything nintendo has shown could have been just through one big direct especially because i don't think that there was a lot of content coming down the pipeline this year i think that we're going to see a lot more coming next year but uh, I'm enjoying the ride so far, for sure. Like, uh, 3D All-Stars, I think, is a really cool idea. Uh, we've been clamoring for it, as everyone has said, for years. And uh, the, the only thing that upsets me is that kind of, like, toy manufacturer mentality of this is, like, a limited release. But Nintendo's infamous for, you know, beating at the pace of their own drum, essentially. They've got enough money. They just, you know, a lot of, a lot of other companies would would really nickel and dime their players for all the money in the world. But Nintendo's like, eh, we got enough. You know, uh, we'll just we'll th this game will come out between these months. And then after that, we don't need to make money anymore. I bought the original Mario game like six times. So I don't know about this whole Nintendo. Like, we don't want money because they just like, ah, we're releasing it again. And the again, fact, well, you know, again, because, and again. because they want you to have it. They don't, uh. they, if they, you know, they don't want your money. They just want you to have it. It's not about, about, uh, you know, greed it's about need oh come on jordan <laughs> they're a billion dollar company jordan the the they're, <laughs> they're publicly traded on the, all the all the stock exchanges they have enough golden stakes to give us exactly exactly i mean if they if they really wanted all of your money like don't you think people would just be like drowning in amiibos right now they are. It's, yeah, I would it's literally. I would be able to walk through my room. Collections of amiibos. It's true. Yeah, but those. But then, but then it's like now that they're gone, they're gone forever. So it's like Nintendo could have like perpetually been making money off amiibos till the friggin' sun exploded. But like they're not Wait. because you know they made their money. They're happy with it. They're moving on. 
Yeah, but for some reason, they have this odd fascination with the third-party market. They love scalpers. Oh, God. Well, yeah, because, you know, they they want everyone to be as successful as they and are. Even scalpers. Come on, Cole. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're equal opportunists. Uh, I personally think they are horrible people profiting... Wow. Especially during the pandemic, too, because whoa, whoa. earlier Where's in it? April, there was a large shortage. Huh? Chuck those bombs, Clement. <laughs> yeah, earlier earlier this year during well, the pandemic, the obviously, a lot of families are looking for a source of video games to play with, with the uh, resurgence of video games that's coming up in the wrong ways. That's where the Nintendo Switch was kind of everyone's golden goose for a time. And that's when a lot of scalpers started buying out actively buying out Nintendo Switches over online retailers and started hiking up these prices, which I personally thought was kind of withholding a lot of this uh, way to pass time at home away from families who need it more than these scalpers. Now, that kind of triggered me enough to write a whole uh, editorial opinion piece and commentary over this. So in that kind of topic, I just think... um there are other ways to profit and even use those proceeds to help people but you know kind of using it for something as petty as like scalping nintendo switches for families who need it more that kind of gets to me that's my hot take Oof! tell us how you really feel nintendo's not the bad guy here i mean they're doing what they can to boost production up earlier this week they even said that they're gonna bring it up to what like uh 50 to 80 million units i think in the factories just so they can meet demand too i mean as they're struggling here scalpers are part not part of the solution they're part of the problem but someone's got no, absolutely <laughs> why not the scalpers you know i i work hard day and night to provide for my family and to buy switches on the side that i can sell <laughs> one switch a week i tell you <laughs> <laughs> i've been good only only one switch a week that i've resold for big profits i mean but also you know covid with the whole like nintendo's had to stop making switches for like a, a period and it obviously got cut, cut down a bit in terms of production and everything. yeah so it's unfortunate with scalpers i mean rank fit's still like the hot goose i mean i actually saw one in like a local walmart a little while ago and i genuinely had a moment where i had to stop and be like should i get this i don't know what i'm gonna see it again should i sell this <laughs> to, to to alex cole and clement should i have a Is walmart scalping yeah. it already uh, I'll pass. It's yeah. 200 markup <laughs> that's so strange the fact that walmart has the marketplace i mean best buy has it too but when you're on those websites and it's like oh there's a switch for six hundred dollars it's like okay <laughs> thanks, thanks walmart yeah but but, but okay so you did 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 it did either of you, did any of you play the original Hyrule Warriors? And if so, what were your thoughts on it? I didn't oh my God. It. I've never I, played I mean, it either. So I think this is a great opportunity, especially like as I came off Breath of the Wild and the fact that it was such a smart decision for uh, the developers to go back into that setting to kind of keep the hype going. But it's not even about hype with the new Hyrule Warriors. They're kind of letting you live through Link's PTSD from Breath of the Wild. And everyone's been so curious as to what happened uh, in those hundred years. Uh, obviously, for listeners in Breath of the Wild, uh, Link goes to sleep for a good hundred of years after losing a big battle. The next game, Hyrule Wars 2, kind of lets you live through that. So it's kind of like an exciting time. And uh, I really feel good about the story, too. It's a sleep simulator. Like, the first 10 minutes <laughs> are, are a battle, and then it's just like, press X to breathe. Sorry, they didn't make it, Link. Try it, try it again. So no one played Hyrule Warriors? 
I did before okay. y'all got way too excited about not playing. I it played it too, with Jordan BRD. So talk, um, current, but... okay, okay. Well, we could talk about it. Okay, with with some some authority. Yeah. Okay. I I mean I'm a I'm a sucker for um the like Musou games. I I do think they're a lot of fun. Um, even though you know Koei Tecmo puts out like one of them a, every five months. But, like, Hyrule Warriors, I think, was a bit different in, like, that, like, you know, when, like, when the Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warrior games, like, they, you know, there's just, there's, there's so many of them now that, like, they, they really are, like, you know, just very basic creations. But, like, when they, when, when, when Koei has to, like, work with other companies to make these kinds of games or, like, other, like, you know, uh, like, IPs, they really bring a lot of like interesting stuff to the whole franchise like so like it it worked really well in kind of like adapting like like zelda ideas to like you know the 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 Musou like formula and it just like it was just such a it was such like such an interesting like take on on zelda in general right? like every time you see zelda it's always like in a very rigid sort of like box yeah, like exploration or dungeons and going from point A to B. Like, it had its own kind of layout for a Zelda game. I know what you mean. Yeah. But, like, this one, like, it just, like, it takes all these really great characters that are from Zelda and makes them, like, just so much more, like, intense, you know? Like, you never, you know, like, 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 um, Impa, for example, right? There's always, like, such a, you know, very, like, quiet, reserved character. Like, she's never really used to great effect. Other than being like the wise old lady in uh, in most Zelda games, but here she is in Hyrule Warriors with this like huge ass katana, and she's just mowing down bad guys like it's nothing. Yeah, really Rude. got straight oh to the God. point. Like I think uh, combat was one of the most fun parts of Breath of the Wild too, because they added a little bit more strategy. And I noticed from the gameplay trailer for this one that uh, I don't know if it's just me, but for some reason it just feels like. Uh, the combat's going to be a little bit more different this time around, as in, like, they kind of took it directly from Breath of the Wild and just made a mix of, like, you having to, like, uh, you know, dodge in time instead of just, like, going into a crowd, like in Dynasty Warriors, just slashing around. So I, for some reason, feel like uh, the combat comes from Breath, Breath of the Wild a lot. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that Onuma was, he talked about this, but the, the original... Uh... Hyrule Warriors game was like it was more so that like hey here's the Zelda here's the Zelda sort of moniker here's here's the property go make your Dynasty Warriors game but this one was like <laughs> the, the the Zelda team actually like every step of the way with story stuff and like the way it's animated it, like it look it looks different I think it looks much better than Hyrule Warriors and it's also you know a newer game so th that does tend to happen but that is sort of what excited me because it's like actually the Zelda team actually trying to tell like a story of something that has been alluded to and we've seen glimpses of, but more so we get to see the battles and we get to see sort of this time a hundred years ago. Yeah, um, I felt that energy too. Like you would think that this is just a Dynasty Warrior game with Breath of the Wild tacked onto it for the sake of it. But no, based on that trailer, there's a really good impression that this game is going all in on that Breath of the Wild side and uh it's just gonna bring in new cutscenes and the same cell shaded animation which is pretty mind-blowing you could easily think that this is a really great add-on for the original breath of the wild yeah i was hoping that 
with uh, the quality of Hyrule Warriors when it released that it would really start to affect like their their other crossover products with with Muso games. And so I was really looking forward to the Berserk one that came out and that oh, you didn't, didn't like Berserk. I didn't like Berserk at all, Jordan. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, and that's one of my favorite anime properties too. But anime leading you wrong? Gosh. God, such a mistake. Oh. From from inception to my consumption. <laughs> well, you know, as you as you uh may recall, I think I gave that game like a, a an eight. That's eight too high. <laughs> I was uh oh no, I gave it a, I gave it a nine out of ten. Oh I I was really I, re- I was really happy with it. Um, I'm still. I mean, not to say that. Uh, oh, you know what? Like, oh, there's, there's a, there's a. I didn't even realize there's a comment on this review from friggin' how long ago. It says good review. Now, where are all the people who are going to complain like high school cheerleaders? There you are, Cole. Hey, hey, I can have a different opinion. <laughs> Here you go. Hoorah, <laughs> rah! Let's start complaining. Let's hear Just it. Just because they use all the cutscenes from the CGI movies and all that. Yeah. I don't have I, I to was, be satisfied. Well, you know, it was I I I could have I thought it was a little bit of a mix. I noticed I I thought there I noticed was, some of them was from one the or original two di- new ones, I think. Talking yeah. about an anime in a game I've never seen and never played. The one the <laughs> one that really the one that really made me laugh was the part um where it's like it's the scene where Griffith uh like seduces Charlotte. Oh and, no, God. <laughs> and, and and it's censored by the fire and it's so like <laughs> like it's so bad like it's so obvious yeah those yeah, golden age movies in general were not great but that's no but I, it, I think it was it was only censored for the game like it wasn't censored in the actual movie like so like it was just the game because i guess you know they didn't they couldn't go over a certain rating so they had you know some of the blood and some of the whatnot to get like a teen rating on it or an m rating on it but like if they had gone into nudity territory then they would have had to be like you know m plus or whatever i don't know yeah. it's weird i'm sure they didn't show casca then right jordan no no they they kind of cut away from that it's like yeah it, understandable it was, understandable it was, taste, it was tasteful <laughs> yeah i don't know i i honestly i really liked it again like it was it was a Musou game so it's kind of fun in that like sort of you know like hacky slashy way and like i liked a lot of like the different animations like like guts's big like power move that kind of like almost perfectly like emulated like i think it was like uh, like one frame from the like the manga that i really remember uh, where they showed like this like this great like big swing and i i i, I don't know man i liked it <laughs> i was upset that uh isidoro wasn't a playable character that really bothered me oh isidro that's how you pronounce it yeah well at least that's how yeah. i've been pronouncing it for years i mean i just i, I guess maybe because I, I assumed because it's like japanese it would be isidoro not Isidro. Ice Doro, man. <laughs> That's my good old friend Isidro over there. <laughs> but I just all not not all that to say, but because like, I, I remember getting the Hyrule Warriors game, sort of bring it back to Hyrule, sorry, anime mm-hmm. fans. But I I remember it's getting it on Wii U because it was like, what are you gonna get on Wii U? A bunch of great games. That's why. Go check out your Wii U, kids. <laughs> um, but I, I remember getting it on Wii U, playing it. I played it for like an hour and a half and I just got bored of it. I was like, I love the Zelda thing, but just like the, the 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 style of the game i never played a dynasty warriors game before well, that, and it was just like okay just comes this... off as like noise if yeah exactly like it felt like nothing was really um like yeah. I, I like like i had no connection i was like okay this this feels like they 
they took a Dynasty Warriors game, which I hadn't even played, and put a Zelda skin on it. And like, you know, there's some enemies, some things where I'm like, oh my gosh, I I recognize that, and my dopamine went up a bit, right? But it, I wasn't excited. But now that this new game is like, well, it's like the story in Breath of the Wild, which is a game that I really liked, and I like the world, and I want to know more about it. I'm intrigued and like somewhat excited for this, even though the core gameplay loop, I'm like, I don't actually like Dynasty Warriors games. Why That's am I why excited? I think it's <laughs> smart as well, because with a lot of crossover Dynasty Warrior games, they're usually like self-contained, right? But because Nintendo gave the developers like the actual universe, right? This is a Hyrule Warriors game that matters because it's going to be canon on top of that. So for players and huge fans of the, uh, breath of the wild game it's going to be instantly accessible in a way that i don't think i've ever seen before in a dynasty warriors game yeah and i mean like just to sort of like uh you know uh, kind of comment on like alex's point there too like i think like the part of the thing that you know clement is is right in a way like dynasty warrior games i think they are uh very accessible because they're they are very simplistic but it's sort of like there's there's that double-edged sword to it, right? Where like either, you know, you're like me and you just kind of get into the fun of it. Like there is a bit of strategy in, in some like Musou games that kind of makes it um, a little bit more interesting than just like a mindless hack-em-up. But like, you know, there are a lot, you know, I can't see a lot of people getting turned off by that sort of like core gameplay loop because there really isn't that much more to it like like Hyrule Warriors did a did a kind of a cool thing with like you know having to find like items mid mid battle and like fighting these big bosses that kind of require the items to be like you know it it wasn't something that was really seen in other Musou games uh so like it it you know it it tied the sort of the Zelda ideas into it very well but like yeah like when you're spending like 90% of the game just you know slashing up the same cannon fodder enemies over and over like you know it 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 goes one or two ways either you feel like an unstoppable god and it's and it's hilarious and fun or you're kind of like all right no i'm too powerful now this 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 is just getting boring now yeah for sure and and i think that like you know putting it in zelda and having the properties strong but putting it into an actual story that uh, people are going to care about and like it's like like that they don't know how it's going to go i think is is it it sets them up well, and there's not a lot of Nintendo games coming out this um, this Christmas season, especially none with the Zelda name. So I think it's a it's a title I think will sell well, and I think one that could could be could be quite good. Cole, do you Absolutely. think you're going to be playing something like this? No. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> wah, wah. Well. Anyway, I although you know all 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 levity aside, I think we should. Uh, move on to our next uh, yeah. story. I mean, like uh, in November, I mean, uh, it's around like a Q4 2020. It feels like a lot of developers like Nintendo with Hyrule Warriors are really trying to churn out whatever they can to try to make some profit during a huge deficit this year. Um, obviously, Xbox is uh, putting out their latest, their latest golden goose. The uh, was this the one you were going to go to next, Jordan? Yes, yes, I was. Where was How it? How did you know? Uh, <laughs> you know, well, he's a he's a top down reader. He's a you know, power of no, no need to flex, but like no, we do not have a rundown at all or anything. Uh, no, on the list at all. It's just a the power plans. of journalism, the in instincts that we have. So going from there, obviously, um, in a couple of months, the Xbox Series X is coming out. Now what? through a lot of first buyers off is that they're dropping their 
a lower end version, the Xbox Series X, on the same day too, I believe. And usually this kind of breaks a tradition where next generation consoles come out one day. There's always something, uh, uh, there's a lesser option than just a couple of years later or a couple of months later. But now Xbox is finally going all in by putting everything up on the first day. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen something like that before. No, and, it, and it's it's sort of like it's it's crazy because, you know, obviously, yeah, like, you, you know, it's, it's, it's that way to sort of like double dip on your audience and kind of like, oh, here's a system now. And then two years later, it's like, here's a better one. Don't you want this better new thing? But like, this is just like, it's, you know, I think I think people are starting to come to realize that like the the whole idea of like the 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 console upgrade you know even two three years after the fact like it's it's not as big of a draw and it's not as big of a money maker i think as people as a lot of like publishers or like or, or uh hardware manufacturers want to think it is because you know i know a lot of people i don't know i don't actually know a lot of people who went out and got like the ps4 plus or whatever you whatever it was called pro. because like pro. the pro yeah because it was just like i already have a ps4 you know, I'm not going to buy another five, $600 console three, four years after the fact, like my, my PS4 is fine. Why? So I can play uh, a handful of games in 4k, like what was, and then I need to go get a 4k TV to do that also. Like that was the thing that actually turned me off about it. I was just like, I was like, what is this thing offering? besides me having to spend more money on a TV and a new system. And I think it makes sense that like, cause sometimes after three or four years, people's PlayStations are in rough shape, which mine definitely is right now, but I'm also, you know, I didn't buy it cause I have a PC and like most of the games that I want to play, I can play there and on my switch and stuff. But like, I, th I feel like for a lot of people, people who buy it day one, people who are like, Oh my God, I love my PlayStation. By the time like the four year thing runs around, they're like, you know, I've had this for so long. Maybe I do need one that's slightly nicer and I'll spend the money because they haven't bought a console in like four or five years, which is generally. Yeah, but if you're, I mean, if you're playing kickball with your PS4 every other weekend, then that makes sense. But like, I don't know. I bought my are PS4, you, you maybe, I think maybe. Thing? Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Very angry. <laughs> I mean, I bought my PS4, I think maybe like a year after it had come out, um, just because like, you know, like monetary reasons, I couldn't go get one like the day it was, you know, day of. But, um, and like mine's still in like perfect condition and I've moved with it like twice. So I don't know how someone damages their console so bad that they, that the allure of the new console, the upgraded console is like that. I, big to it's them. called a power surge past warranty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, no. why don't you tell us about your PS4 experience? So mine died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did it die? Why you gotta get the the power bar with the surge protection? Cole. I do have that, but Newfoundland power is so terrible. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Just kills consoles on site. It's killed a power supply in my PC too. Jesus. Why don't they have regulators? Uh, who knows? We're on such like Stone Age wires and stuff. It's just all terrible here. You know, follow-up question. Why are you in Newfoundland, of all places? I knew you were in there. Canada. Yeah. I didn't like, know what? you were in Canada. <laughs> Canada. No, I, I understand that he lives there, but I, I mean, why? Because my parents <laughs> wanted to move here, retire here, and I'm helping them set up their house. Why do people That's live anywhere? Well, <laughs> okay. All right. That, you know what? Fine. I'm excited for, for, 
for the next round table where it's Jordan versus Cole, Newfoundland versus non Newfoundland. <laughs> a whole round table of yeah, the whole fight is like, no, me. I want to go back to the city. Please take me back. <laughs> and it ends in a compromise. Jordan will take him back on weekends. It's good. A joint custody. We'll do trading places. I'll go live in Newfoundland. See how it, how it is. Have my perspective changed. I mean, you'll 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 breathe better. The the air is. Air is oh yeah. And like the ocean, oh my gosh! That, yeah, that that sweet yeah. salt air. Being there for two weeks, I quite like Newfoundland. That's I feel like bad. Jordan would never leave. <laughs> he, it's one weekend. He'll just <laughs> he would just hermit it when he goes back on the plane. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, and, I like. And I love he'd have his Nintendo Switch. He'd just be. He'd just be like in the middle of. No, he can't. He'd be bring on a fishing that. boat. That defeats the purpose of going. Oh, to you know what? Then okay. He, then you I don't know Jordan. You don't know Jordan. He'd be. I concede. It'd be like twenty years later. He'd be on a fishing boat, and then he'd be playing his like Switch Lite, and he'd be like, "Yes." Let's do this, and they'd be like, "Dude, the, the switch is, has been old for twenty years." Yeah. And you'd be like, what? "We've moved on to the to the the orb." Yeah, no fishing rods or anything. He's on that boat in the middle of the lake, just playing with, with his switch in peace. He's like, "Ah, oh, piss off! I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing Paper Mario. <laughs> I'm playing Go Fishing Simulator." This is Dynasty such a hard Warriors turn alone. from next gen hardware. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> let's okay. get back. Let's I, get back to it. So, um. I, I, Getting back to uh, what we were saying, sorry, uh, is <laughs> we ended up I on a fishing what, boat twenty years later. I love this. I'm sorry. It's great. Point I was going to try to make initially. Also, if the orb that... ever comes out, guys, you heard it here first. So just just saying. Yeah. Now, we with what Cole it. was saying, is that I see his point where um things like consoles can actually break up in over four years, and that's when something better usually comes out. Now, with the Xbox, they kind of went away from that kind of business model where they would release their their uh, first Xbox Series X and then come out with the Series S as a solution later on. Maybe that's what the S stands for. Well, you don't know. But the point being, in releasing both of them together, both of them over time might not be as good as they used to be, which is where a third solution comes in. Could we be seeing, like, besides an Xbox X and an S, could we get an Xbox W or something like that? I mean, I just get a lot so thrown off with how xbox releases both of these consoles at once i think I it's think just both, offering I, different tiers to yeah yeah, yeah that's ex that's exactly what i was gonna say it, it just it makes it more accessible for people right like they're they're gonna they're gonna grab a bigger audience initially than like how you know the hope that someone you know more people either people who didn't buy it when it came out or like either you know need to buy another one which i think is probably on a lower percent of like you know consumers like being able to say here's here's like here's our like you know our new flagship console this is going to be the most powerful console that exists on the market right now you know for the next seven to eight years or you know console lifespan and you know if you if, if you can't afford the 600 dollar one well don't worry we have you covered here's a 300 one like that's honestly like when I heard the price, I was I was amazed, and it, like yeah. the, the the fact that there is an S for like three seventy on Canadian, which is still like that's a lot of money. But w when I think of next gen, I was thinking it's at least gonna be five hundred dollars, which I mean the the oh definitely the, the X is that much money. It's five ninety nine Canadian. Yeah, five ninety nine and then three seventy nine for 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 the S. But I mean, if I can get into next gen for three seventy nine, that that's amazing. And like I think if you're more of a hardcore gamer, if you're someone who has the money, then okay, you can go for the five ninety nine, but um, I I just think it's so cool that they're offering these two separate things, and I think it's a great start for Xbox. And like if you're talking about console wars, or like you know, um, the the health of the system. I think it's it's a fantastic way to get people in. And this holiday season, like if they only had the the five ninety nine one, I think that's out of a lot of people's budget. 
and I know that's in Canadian, so it, you know, for for U.S. listeners, it's it's cheaper. But um, I think that I, I like it. At the same time, I'm not going to buy an Xbox Series S, but that's a different story. Well, I'll hand it to them too. The Xbox Series S might be lower in, uh, let's say, 4K. 30 frames per second specs, but that's also a format that hasn't been perfected yet. So a lot of players can still enjoy next generation 1080. At the same time, the Xbox Series X, since it's a lot cheaper, it's kind of like uh, less about getting the higher end one, but more of using the cheaper one as a way just to get into next gen, a means to an end, just to start playing uh, Halo Infinite. I'm worried a little bit about the specs of the S though, honestly. Okay, about it. When I looked at it, what they did was kind of like the opposite of like budget PC practice, where what you do when you're doing a budget build like this is that you would pick out your GPU first, because that's like the heart of your system, especially if you're intending it for a gaming PC. But with the Series S, they actually said, no, we want to build it around CPU. And so when you compare the spec list of the Series X to S, Mm -hmm. the X GPU is at 12 teraflops and the S is at four but they both have eight core CPUs. That's only times three difference. I know, right? Bro, the graphics card Heck. is, you're saying is, what, three times more, three, four times more powerful than the uh, Xbox Series X. Yes. Which which makes sense looking at the price. Like, we're talking about, like, you know, a, a, a mid-tier or, or maybe still a high-tier graphics card compared to, like, a very high one. Like, a $200 difference is, like, actually, it's kind of low for one, but it's it's, like, you can see where the where the price difference is. I guess also in the digitalness, but yeah, I'm just also worried about like the, the big touting of of next gen was also the SSD. The Series S has only a NVMe based hard drive disk solution, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's also just an all digital box. So it's really going to be interesting to see how people adapt to that as well. If they really think like. If this is supposed to be aimed at the casual market, how many are really going to go all digital with this? I think it goes with the perception that because people are upgrading from the Xbox X, it's safe to say both the S and the X, even though they're like high and low in specs, that it's sure as hell going to be better than the Xbox One. But it's also interesting, like like what Cole said, because like when I'm thinking of parents buying consoles for Christmas or, or what have you, they generally want to buy a console and then like a game, right? Like a physical, like, okay, let, let's put these mm-hmm. together. And I think oh, that yeah. Yeah. launching, like the, the fact that the S is a digital console is kind of like a, it is a question mark. I'm like, how high are digital sales going to be on this? And, and what's it going to do? Uh, with, with well, that? I think I, um, like the, the digital market, I think just like has been like trending upward for the past like five, six years now. Like the, the digital sales are, I think a lot, you know, a lot more um, viable than most physical stuff. And especially nowadays too, like in, you know, in the new normal. Um, but like the the thing that concerns me or makes me like stop to pause about it is that like the, I think the, the obviously like the, the region where Xbox is probably the biggest seller is, you know, is the States. And the United States internet infrastructure is like, a joke in some places. It's no Newfoundland, so, but <laughs> it's, it's no Newfoundland. It's, you know, but um, but that's what I mean. Like, I, I know a lot of people who who complain about like just like you know in in, in a lot of different like a lot of states where just like it's like literally like yeah like either like you know either one company has the monopoly and you're you know either you're you're either screwed or you're not or like you 
you know, it's just like, like, you know, either you have good internet or you really don't. It's like, there's no sort of like in between, there's no way you can kind of like, and if you have bad internet, you just, you're, you're stuck with it. Yeah. So it's like, um, even I'm pretty, I, I even remember too, like not even like, like a year ago where, uh, where, um, Nintendo was experimenting with like cloud-based gaming on the switch in Japan. And like, they actually were able to get like Resident Evil 7 and uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like you could play them through like the cloud. And Reggie was saying how like he would love to see it because the, like the technology's there and it, and it works. He's like, but even he said like, but the, the, the internet infrastructure in, in America is so bad that he would, it would never take off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you could even buy like a great internet connection at the States, but then be hit with a terrible data cap. Right. Oh yeah. Right. So like that's what makes me worry. Like it's like for someone who wants to go the route of getting the cheaper console, but now they have like a poor infra- internet structure. Um, like they're gonna be, like they're gonna be effed, right? They're just gonna be waiting like three days for a game to download. Yeah, and I I just keep thinking about the Christmas holiday season, and I like I'm not sure because I mean like digital consoles aren't a new thing. I mean Xbox Xbox. Yeah. sad <laughs> they did one <laughs> but like I, I i just keep thinking of like holiday season and like you're, you're giving a gift and you're giving the box and then it's like oh yeah now you have to download this thing and it's like it, it's it feels like a disconnect in terms of like the it, 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 just in terms of like someone walking into a store and be like oh i want the xbox you know i, I want the new xbox but i want the cheaper one they're like cool and it's like okay but like where's the discs i buy and they're like well you know you just buy it online and well maybe, uh, maybe but, but you know sense, but but at the same time, too, actually, like, no, to, to just sort of sort of add on that, too. Like, I get, I, I definitely get what you're saying, but it's something I, I, I thought about just now because, um, like, it's, it's something that I saw, I noticed, like, fairly, not like super recently, but recently, and I kind of remember thinking, like, oh, that's a really good idea. Is that like you can go into stores now, you know, and like, there's a whole wall of just like cards, and it's just like this is the game, but it's digital. You just punch the code, and it's yours. So it's like you can still kind of go to a store and get like the codes for a game. And it's not just like you have to go online and go through the the Xbox store for, uh, and like buy it that way. Like, you know, so there is still that option, I guess, of being able to like, here's here's the gift. It's the Xbox. Oh, here's a couple game cards. You know, we got you these. Like, you have to download them. So, so you just like, you know, redeem the code or whatever. So like there's still that way that it, there there is that that um, that ease to the consumer to be able to just go and, and buy it and not to have to jump through a bunch of hoops to get online but at the same time downloading the game is a whole separate issue it definitely takes away from that uh, traditional authentic experience of walking into buying a game like kind of how you were watching uh you're sitting down in a movie theater you're getting your popcorn you're watching someone like a person present your pre-show and you're watching the movie but in that kind of sense how that's all being put into netflix you're losing all that digital games kind of uh separate that satisfaction that out of the box satisfaction where instead of a finding a game at the store and uh driving home like a maniac with stupid grin on your face sitting down and uh putting the game in the console and just playing it right away you don't have that kind of experience anymore because it's all being digitized right uh, at, 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 yeah yeah at, all that at, feeling at is just going into the uh all that feeling's just going down to that digital code Mm-hmm, for sure and I, I thought we were about to talk about tanner zipchin again when you mentioned pre-show at a movie and i was like i, I was but i held back from it every time i say his name i cry on the inside because <laughs> I, well, I, I will i will say uh clement that 
Uh, maybe maybe because just because now I'm a, I'm a cynical adult. Um, I, I gotta tell you, if that's the way of the future, I'm I'm game for it. Like you know, I I remember when uh, Smash Bros. Brawl came out, and I literally walked from from my house to the EB Games that was in uh, Bolton. It was like a blizzard outside. It was like I, I literally was walking through like four feet of snow, and I trudged and I fought. For like an, like two hours, a walk that would have taken me like thirty minutes took me like two hours in this blizzard to go get brawl. And when I think about that and how now I could just literally just like boop, turn on my my switch, press a button, start downloading a game, and never have to leave my bed. You know what? I'm 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 up for that. That's the future I want to be in. Jordan, you you could have just used the internet. <laughs> the internet. Jesus Christ. But yeah, but but you see my but this <laughs> yeah, is no, my point sure. is that <laughs> first of all, what was it? No, digital do- downloading games wasn't they, that didn't exist on the Wii. Number one, you mm. could just download I games I wouldn't on the Wii. It, but... Everything was still disc based at that time. All you could download was virtual console stuff. The, that that was that was not that was non-existent, and I had to get up and go to the store, and and now I gotta and even today I gotta go there. I gotta interact with people. I don't want to do that. Going to EB sucks now. It's all well, freaking it's also Funko COVID. Pop. Also, okay, but well, COVID, whatever. This was before. No, it was pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I apologize for bringing up the internet and those those old scars. But think like Jesus. just thinking about it, people are maybe not still not comfortable going to stores. So a digital option kind of works. But During a time thing, like this, I think we also meant the uh, authentic experience in general of just uh, going into the store buying a game. No, yeah, which, there was which, no authentic which, experience. Which doesn't exist really. Well, I mean, you know, it, it kind of exists, but not for everyone right now. But I think the main thing and the thing that I've sort of been thinking about in my head is that Xbox wants you to buy Game Pass Ultimate. And they want you to download your yeah. games. They are launching a digital console. So you get Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. For you know, a hundred bucks a year or whatever it is, and if I'm thinking about you know that that same family unwrapping a box, do you want to unwrap, unwrap like one Halo game? Well, sorry, you can't. But do do you want to like unwrap like Too one launch soon. title, or do you want to unwrap like a year's worth of games and anything you want that you can like? And you also have back catalog too, which is really cool. Yeah, I I I think that Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, the fact that it's there, it's huge. For, it's huge for the S and it's huge for Xbox this holiday season. It's also getting think, a lot of support, right? It's also getting a lot of support, especially with EA Play just saying, hey, we want to stake our claim in offering our games on this uh, instant service, too. Yeah, for sure. I think I definitely think, you know, if, if we could close this segment out on 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 a thought, um, I think I think a lot of what we're saying comes uh, from age. You know, we remember a time when like going to the store and buying a video game like physical was like the norm and we just we you know that's not the that's not the present we live in anymore right more more and more kids i think are more digitally inclined you know getting getting a brand new system with like the promise of downloading games like isn't like a you know sad christmas day where they're like oh i didn't have a box to open like they're just like yeah we got all these games we got the new xbox we could just we could get on the internet right now and download them like they know how to do all that stuff we didn't know how to do that when we were nine but like kids today they're they're smarter than we were when we were that age so like benefit of the doubt i'm sure it'll be fine even though there's no reason to own an Xbox in general when you know you have a PS5 and there's going to be a ton more actual like games to play on it. Now for Canadian listeners, they won't be 
uh, treading through snow for a long time to get a game. No, instead, they have to wait a couple of hours or maybe even overnight for a game. That's how it changed. Perfect. And, and, and what, what, what better thing to, to wake up to than a brand new video game? Installed in your hard drive. Friends? All right. Uh, I think we should we could we can we can close that off and uh, let's let's move on to uh, to some 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 lighter topics. What do you guys been? Uh, what do you guys been playing? What do you guys been uh, looking at these days? Cole's been uh, obviously saving the world. Cole, tell us about how your Indeed. week went. I am at the end game of saving the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! I love it. <laughs> All right, Cole so, wins the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so I've been playing Avengers, obviously. Uh, the review went up, what was it, this week or last week? I don't even remember anymore. Last week. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Sometime. <laughs> and but, I remember uh, knowing that he anymore. was in the middle of writing that. Uh, a lot of people didn't know if that game was yay or nay. So I remember during, in the middle while I was writing, I just messaged him saying, are you okay, man? <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> like, should I buy this too? And I'm glad that, that was... someone was checking up on me to see if my health was Because I'm right. so curious, as with a lot of other players that uh, want to buy the game but don't want to buy the game, they want to know what your thoughts are like too while playing something like this. Yeah. Um, Avengers, it's, it's the most solid 7.5, I think I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have it, it, fun it, punching all the robots. Yeah, but that's that's the status with like most live service games at launch that I've had experience with. Whether it's Warframe, Anthem, Destiny, they all have this very familiar gameplay loop of that you really just, you can invest time in and you'll get some satisfaction out of it, but it's how the game builds towards the future with new content through raids, new characters, all that kind of stuff that really defines it. But as a launch experience, it's solid. It does have the typical issues that come up from glitches to bugs to performance issues, all that kind of stuff. But the, the, the base itself of how the characters play and the fun of getting together with friends and going through missions together, that is the stuff that they're banking on. So what you're saying to me is that you don't want for much. What? <laughs> so this is the Jesus like, Tears Me Down podcast. I, I wonder what Jordan thinks. From where Avengers. I live to what I play. <laughs> the game that Jordan hasn't played yet, but go off. I will never play. You know what? I learned my lesson with Destiny 2. I didn't need to like. And you so, didn't learn your you lesson know, of Destiny One. Well, I actually didn't mind Destiny One because Destiny One was a pretty feature complete game. Destiny no, it Two, was. on the it, other hand, it took so Destiny long for Destiny One to get good. Okay, you know what? Okay, uh, it took actually, the full Taken disclosure. King. Full disclosure: I actually didn't start playing Destiny until the Taken King when I had oh, to. Oh, there review. we go. Oh, oh, there we go. I'm leaving. I'm leaving the show. I see. It didn't bother me because it was already good. Oh, but then yes. I got. I was so excited because I was like, "Oh yeah, like Destiny is a cool game." So I bought Destiny Two at oh, launch, wow. and oh Apples boy, oranges though, I guess. Cause, cause... Did, uh, did I learn my lesson on that one? Yeah. And yeah. then, and then, but but then you know, it's other stuff too. Like I could see, I could see the writing on the wall from a game like anthem right and then i had a guy who i worked with who was going on and on about how how excited he was for anthem and i was and i was saying i'm like dude maybe you should just wait because like the way it looks that it's it's not gonna be good and then he go, he gets it you know he he enjoys it for like three days and he comes to me and he's like you know what i'm starting to think you were right about everything you said about Dest about anthem and i was like gee i wonder how i could have possibly known this 
Yeah. So like it's just it, there's 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 <laughs> Sorry, been there's two, there's two of a precedent I think that's been set with you know these like live service games that even if you slap the Avengers on it like that doesn't make me want to get it I don't care how many Avengers and, and how many Spider-Man you put in a game it's perfectly <laughs> fine because it's it's not for everyone that's You're the wrong. bottom line <laughs> it's like these live service games. <laughs> aren't for everyone they're like, for the people that want that one game that goes through years and years of content when they open up avengers on christmas yep. morning on their xbox series <laughs> x they're gonna oh, be cool. happy how could you how could you possibly sit there and say to me this is these are people who want the promise of a good game it's just like that is like it's like yeah well what did we learn from anthem the promise of a okay. good game Never happens. <laughs> Destiny Two did turn into a good game. Destiny One turned into a good game. Like it, there are a lot of like Warframe is a good game. Like yeah. okay, the ones Anth- that have burned Anthem me, the live, ser- <laughs> the live service games that have burned me are Battlefield Five and Anthem, mm-hmm. aka EA games, because they don't know how to do it properly and they're too yeah, greedy. Where Enix does? Yes, I think they do. <laughs> I think that they've set up that- a good system here. Is that why, you know, it's like they have six different currencies and every hero has a battle pass? Let me talk right now. They could have went three ways. They could have went three ways with it. They could have went subscription-based like an MMO, which would have been shit, would have been terrible. They could have went expansion-based. And then they could have went this model. Because that's the three that are out there. Which would you have preferred? Okay. The one where they actually made a good game and then oh, went expansion oh, model because you oh, made a good game first started, and you started, add started. on top of it. This Every is the thing that like, it is made like, 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 a game at that whole point. And then you... Okay, okay. Like it, I'm playing Super Mario uh, Bros, right? The original game. And I'm like, man, why is this game not open world? Like, dude, like, what are they doing? This is, this is shit. It's just not what the game is. Like, it's a live service and it's, it's, it's a thing at the beginning, and at least there's a story mode chunk that you can play at the beginning, which, I mean, Cole, I don't know why I'm talking about this game. I don't know why we're all talking, because Cole, you actually <laughs> played the freaking game. But, you know, the point is, the, the fact that it's a 7.5 at launch is exciting for me, because it's like, I know that they have more content planned. I know they have more characters coming, and I think, and they have the money to do it, and Square Enix is like, and, and, and the developers there have a pedigree of making good games, and I think that they are perfectly primed to to do well in this live live game space. Now here's the thing: no, just, I wouldn't just, be surprised just, if Avengers uh, went free to play in a year and a half to two years. Because just price for of argument's sake, yeah. is the price of the six battle passes for the characters at launch. Right. Just for argument's sake. Okay. Yes. Right now. <laughs> okay. Marvel's yes. Avengers. Okay. Yes. Is sitting at a sixty-nine on Open Critic oh. and forty-four percent of critics. Oh, people. people oh, my Oh my gosh. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> I've seen uh, reviews for Last of Us Two that said it was a three. Yeah, and I agree with those. It was mediocre uh, garbage. And for me, it was a nine, and that's perfectly okay. Yeah, for much, and you have proven this. What? Okay, okay. Let's name any Nintendo title. I, I you know, we're getting personal. I here. never played Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> it's a Musou game. Two out of ten. <laughs> I. I kind of wish that you reviewed the new game. You're like, I didn't play it. Two out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the review press right now. I would respect the hell out of you yeah. for that. <laughs> but it's a good point. And, and, and I mean, Cole, I think we should let you talk about the game. But I, I read Cole's review, and it's a very in-depth, uh, like, review. Good. It, you know, it checks those boxes of, like, what the game is, what it can be, and sort of what's going well for it. And I think 
I, I think the main thing I got from it is that there is a great base. And if you're a fan of, of these kind of games or Marvel heroes, that's something that you want to play for a long time. I think you are in a good situation. Now, Cole, yeah. I got to know, man, did you from all knowing the game uh, almost a couple of years leading up to the release uh, and you finally played it, was this the game that you thought it was going to be? Yeah, when I originally heard the announcement and that it was going to be a live service game, I did think that they were going to follow the Destiny model. And but they follow it very closely. Like there is no originality in terms of the uh, systems here. It, it's all Seven borrowed. Open. Yeah, sure. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all borrowed from Destiny for that, and except they've applied it to a different genre of game in that it's a character action game. Right. And in that right, just as Destiny, Destiny gets the shooting right, Avengers gets the characters right. And then it's how it builds up from there. So mm-hmm. from what I've heard from the community and what I would like personally is that there needs to be more incentive for the end game grind. Because currently I've leveled up Iron Man to the max. He's at end game level now. Um, yeah. And there's just the incentive to continue that isn't there yet. It needs to have uh, a raid of some kind, some kind of new incentive, whether it is more, more outfits that you can unlock uh, without the need of the marketplace. And if it can build out with more story content as well, because I think that's what everyone enjoyed from the reviews that I read from the campaign was that they really felt attached to the characters, especially Kamala Khan, especially Bruce Banner. That's their highlights. And then when you finish that campaign, there's the kind of disconnect where you do have uh, small chunks of story in between as you grind up with your characters, but it's not nearly as as dense. cinematic yeah. or dense. Yes, that's a perfect way to describe it. Mm. And I, yeah, because I beat the game just yesterday and I kind of realized how, for some reason, this is one of those rare games where the story is actually better than the multiplayer that has been given so much more attention in a game like this. And with uh, Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics, I realized they didn't just make an Avengers game for the sake of it. And their story says a lot about that. Now, no spoilers here. This time they focused on a story that humanizes these superpowered beings in a way that I don't even think the MCU movies were able to do that in uh, eight hours or so. Uh, These characters have like a lot of their own differences and personality. And that's kind of what the developers did for the story so like me just sitting there exploring the inner minds of these characters and what they thought about like uh, obviously the a-day thing it's just uh yeah they made the conversations feel so real and almost like uh something that uh was just yeah powerful in my opinion yeah i fully agree with that so- see and and hearing you guys say that is like what I think frustrates me even more because it's like I hate when people you have <laughs> you, no 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 I mean but, 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 it, but yeah, hey, I was really throwing my guts out there man in this no in the sense that like it's like so it's like you know Clement saying that like this this game has got such a solid story behind it and such like you know believable characters but like you know then it's just like then why wasn't the game just made to be like a strong narratively driven like RPG like it didn't have to be a live service with the promise of content and ways to keep you on the hook and keep you logging in and keep you playing and potentially spending money on it for an, you know, a, 
an infinite amount of time until this thing becomes unprofitable. Like, it could have just been a solid game. Like, there's no reason why. And I think all you have to do is look at how successful the, um, you know, the Spider-Man on PS4 was to be like, yeah, you can make a superhero, like, Marvel characters game, have it be narratively focused, have it be content-rich, and turn a profit on it it doesn't and like to have a game like like the avengers of all things like it's not like you're just focusing on one marvel character you have this whole team of characters so much possibility for different like play styles and different things but you're not you're not building on it in a, in a way that is actually really like satisfying because even now like like cole was saying now he's at the point of the game where he's he's finished the story but the game still wants him to play and you have no reason to play anymore that you 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 want the game to give you reasons to play so does, like does is how feel, shallow it is does it feel like they put more time into the story like that currently the the way the game is it's like the main time and attention was spent on this eight hour to ten hour story and that going forward they're going to flesh out the multiplayer or is it more of like an even thing Oh, they definitely, uh, in my opinion, put a lot more time into the story as someone I mean, we're all storytellers here who are looking for something compelling, has uh, really deep characters, and something that uh, really unfolds in an unforgettable way. And like uh, with a lot of that writing, it definitely went towards like the scripts and the stories. With the multiplayer, you just get a little bit of dialogue here and there. That's my opinion. Yeah. And with their post-launch plans, a lot of it is story-based. The first one that we're expecting is Kate Bishop, so the female Hawkeye, the protege of the original Hawkeye, and then we get the original Hawkeye himself. <laughs> and uh, obviously Black Panther and Spider-Man have been teased so far. Uh, and each one of those characters, at least from what we can tell from Kate Bishop, is that they're each going to get their own campaign segment. Uh, the Avengers will be uh, part of that as well. Um, and just how it builds out. But back to Jordan's point of of why not just make it a narratively driven game, I think with something like the Avengers, what can be really powerful is the multiplayer component itself. And a big incentive with multiplayer games is that you want to add replayability. You want to get people going in daily. You want to get a group of friends together and you want to have fun that way. Now, it's true. Endgame grind is typical for a live service game at launch. It's not exciting. It's not that fleshed out, but like Destiny, the Taken King, that's when it's going to get good. That's when you add in your Wakanda, you add in your raids against Claw and all that stuff that's already been data mined and all that to make it really exciting and to provide more challenge and to provide more ways to play and get together. And I think there's another way that you can still, there is a way to balance multiplayer and story at the same time. Now, for a lot of players who didn't do Destiny or even Avengers for that matter, I want to take you back to uh, Call of Duty Warzone, Titanfall even, and uh, a lot of other games where um, they have the multiplayer modes, they have the team death matches, they have all these other situations where they put you in and it's a multiplayer player versus everyone bash. And through seasons and a lot of the different cutscenes that they throw in there, even though it's subtle, it's just enough to tell you that there is a surprisingly huge, deep amount of lore in there. I mean, uh, coming back to Call of Duty Zombies, especially where you would think that, okay, it's just you're dropped into a multiplayer like Avengers, right? You're just doing your thing, right? But then it's kind of like 
looking into the subtle hints, looking in between the lines and how all these multiplayer levels connect with each other. I think through like super dense narrative story power and Easter eggs that you can still build a live service that depends on multiplayer for years and have a good story on top of it. I mean, uh, sure, you can take all that dense, rich techniques you took from them, Avengers story, and find a way just to uh, take risks, really, and uh, drop a lot of those Easter eggs and that inner dialogue in the multiplayer. I don't think that it just has to be multiplayer. I think uh, by, yeah, long story short, you can still (laughs) find a balance in between those two. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. I think, you know, again, like it's the the idea of like building something that I think it's like more focused on the multiplayer than the story is, you know, it's 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 the bread and butter of the live service, right? It's just the way that it keeps you on the hook and potentially keeps you spending money. I, you know, sorry if I sound like a cynical a-hole, but that's just what this industry has done to me. You know, like there are there are so many like Clement's right. There are so many, not even just like Call of Duty, like there are so many examples of games that like were very like deep complete games that had like multiplayer modes that just like added to how like the quality of the game itself and the overall lore and universe which is what makes a story too uh sorry going back into what you were saying just now is that uh call of duty zombies managed to uh give you the typical experience in multiplayer right it could come off as noise but then there was just enough content to for people to literally build 13 hours of explanations for a story i think avengers can do that too yeah yeah i think i just i'm just i'm just i think i'm just a little fed up i guess i'm just i'm just tired of the of the business model of the live service Has it's like you know ever done a, a games of the service title nope have you ever enjoyed a live service title jordan um like have you enjoyed monster hunter world have you enjoyed well you you said that you enjoyed destiny when it was the taken king yeah and i i you know i, I monster hunter world i really like too but you know i I, I guess I don't really I don't know if I if I really consider it to be a games as service. And why is that? What makes it different? Well, you know, it's I mean it's because it's still it still pretty much follows the like Monster Hunter formula that every Monster Hunter game has has followed. It had you know it launched it launched as a complete game. It wasn't like here's a game, you know, there's there's only two monsters now, but don't worry, we're going to have more coming down the road. Like it it launched, it had so much content, so much story, so much depth to it. Its multiplayer was as intact as every multiplayer Monster Hunter has been since like the 3DS. So like it really wasn't like and again, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily specifically focused on the multiplayer like it's still like like previous monster hunters you could still go in it play it by yourself in fact i actually it's actually an it's not as difficult as previous monster hunter games to play it by yourself so the focus of of this game is is more so to be enjoyed individually than it is to be like here's a game where it's like every day we're gonna you know we're gonna keep you playing keep you in keep you in the rotation like and then once you finish it you know, 
you can either you can either, you can just put it down or you can keep going you can keep grinding but it's not it's not really different than any other monster hunter game has been and now you know it has it has some of the trappings of the you know the the, the live service quote unquote like they added some monsters here and there but then they had what they had one big expansion pack that like you know what for a, for an expansion of that size like sure i'm willing to drop 15 bucks on iceborne because it was a whole new big area it was a bunch of new monsters it's a bunch of new content right it's not like they they made they made they didn't make half a game and then exp- like and then promise me more in the future as long as i kept playing and kept spending money on it like monster hunter was done when it was done but how does that change like, from this? Because there were monsters that came out at launch. There was an expansion that came out at launch. I mean, past launch, that included a whole new rank that was normally reserved for something at launch like this. You would have your G rank, and now you have your title updates. And then there's improvements to the systems, like the Steamworks and the, and the Guiding Lands and stuff like that. That's all typical of live service stuff. Yeah, but that's that's typical of live service stuff. Like, if you say so. Like, but that's you know that's that's predicated on how many people are playing it, how many people are still playing it. Is this thing profitable? Like, Monster Hunter came out, like it it made its money and it was done. Like, it didn't like it wasn't like they didn't have like a roadmap of content. But they did that. They, that they there that was they literally were- a roadmap I followed of this update comes here with two monsters. This update comes here with a new raid. This update comes here. We're fixing the guiding lands. This update comes here. Final monster, and that's the end of Iceborne. Well, they had. Then- I mean, at the end of the roadmap, though, is the game still worth revisiting? Yes, one hundred percent. Well, see, that's what I was about to say. So, okay, you know, if it if it had a content update roadmap, then fine. But like, like I said, it was still feature complete enough. It wasn't like if you know, like Fallout seventy six, where it's like they had a non game and then you know a roadmap of the where the game is actually supposed to start getting good and actually have stuff to do, like. I think the difference with Monster Hunter World and a game like the Avengers, I think it, it comes from what you said. Like when I finished the main game of Monster Hunter, I wanted to keep playing. There was still incentive for me to keep playing. Like I didn't feel like, oh, well now what am I supposed to do? Like I've done everything I can do. Like I need to wait for the game to start giving me more reason to play it. So what was the incentive to continue playing after Monster Hunter World? To, uh, you know build better armor sets to like collect the parts do oh, like to you know. grind <laughs> yeah but grinding and, and getting monster parts has that always been stronger? a part of monster hunter yes but that's the grind that's but that's the grind but that's that's just part of the game that's, that's always part been a part of, of adventures that it's always been part of adventures yeah but you but right now the difference is that you don't feel like you have a lot of incentive to grind the what post was the game grind, to grind is post monster when I finished campaign to get cool monster armor. Oh, it's the same thing because you actually want to do it. I don't want to well, punch what? the same okay. stupid robots every Did five you punch seconds. the same Just stupid to... dinosaur to get a helmet? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's different. The dinosaur killing the dinosaur is the main game, but killing the robots is the main game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, so it's clear you guys are on different sides of this thing. Yes. Uh, but it's also clear that you guys have your opinions, and I think that they have And been... agreements, too, mutual agreements. 
We're passionate, I don't, man. We're I, just... I, I don't focus on agreement. The thing is, Jordan uh, has always been the ultimate cynic, and I have been the ultimate optimist in this and that's podcast. Why they're both... Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that's how they get you every time, Cole. We yeah, love to fight, Jordan, but eventually we reach common ground. <laughs> the point you know is, I, the point I can't is. wait for, like, two months from now when, like, there's Avengers more content in Avengers. Content. <laughs> you're like, oh, man, who could have seen this coming? Okay, just... I. It, for Square Enix not to be supporting this game in two months, they will have to have gone under. Like on, on it, like honestly, this is they they have the plan. Spider Man's coming exclusively to PlayStation. Hawkeye's coming. There there is stuff, and I think it's a it, it, it's an interesting game. If anything, we've talked about you know interests you. If you're like you know what, I do want to buy the Avengers game, play the story, and then check in once in a while as it gets better and better. Or for someone who's like, I'm not going to play this game until I know that it's good right now and it's something that I can keep grinding into. Then you know there's options. Hey, Star Wars Battlefront 2 managed to come out of the dead through its own free DLC and Seasons Pass. Even coming down to a celebration edition. What world are you living in? I'm living on planet Earth where we are full of Star Wars fans who were disappointed by that. But I'm saying the DLC Seasons Pass could save it. I'm thinking Marvel's Avengers has the same fighting chance as all the other games that have come back from the dead through its own um, it's not dead, live though. service. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very alive. It's well, like, nothing lasts okay. forever. So, like, the baby just came out, and it's not the prettiest baby, but it's it's a 7.5 baby. It's like, yeah, that's a nice baby. But, like, It'll grow. But it's going to the best schools. It's got it's, it's got I, a lot of money. Oh it, it's got good it, parents. It, it's a first-world baby. I mean, you know, maybe a bit of privilege, maybe too much, maybe it should be redistributed, yes. But oh the fact God. is that that's how it is right now. And we'll see how the baby grows up, you know? Next time one of my friends has a baby, I 100% am going to be like, that's a 7.5 baby right there. Oh, jeez. Okay, well, you know what? I think that's about all the time we have for these these hot takes and even hotter guests. Uh, I'd like to thank Thank all of you for listening. Ah, Thank you. Um, You can find us, of course, at cgmagonline.com. This podcast should go up tomorrow which is the friday so i guess today if you're listening to it um you can find us on all the social medias we got twitter cg mag online uh i think we still have an insta but yep. i don't know only fans who use who uses insta anymore it's not like it's like a you know a, a, ma- a major marketing tool is this shade it sounds like shade I don't know. I just, I, you know I'm too old and cynical for Instagram. <laughs> I post like one thing on it like every like five years. Instagram is games as a service. Like it, it starts <laughs> off and it's okay, but they just keep trying to add content. Like, come on. I believe yeah, it. No, it's, and it's not even good content. I mean, you know, it's like a Ouch. Verizon. All the content game. comes from everybody on Instagram. Show me the roadmap. <laughs> it comes from who you follow. Oh my God. So, guys, let's, let's, uh, what's your social medias? Clement, go. They call me the Insta word. That's on Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter. Cool. At Kaiser underscore Watson on Twitter. Alex. I'm still fascinated by the fact that you said Clement Go, as in Go, but his last name's Go. <laughs> you know, I wanted wonderful. to make a joke about that, but That's you know, my I name. Just, I just... Don't wow. make too many puns out of it, because I still have a lot of years to go. True, and you can find me sharing in those years. To, to go to anyway i'm at alex Hansik and also he's <laughs> loving my last name for some reason you want to know what's funny actually where i work there's a guy there's uh two two guys one of them is named now 
and the other one is named Ben, and I'm not even making this up. <laughs> Please tell me they're best buddies. No, they don't really talk to each other, but it just <laughs> makes me laugh. But those are their names. Um, of course, you can find me uh Twitter, Ninja Jordan underscore. Uh, I guess you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, Ninja Ninja X. No, oh, it's Ninja Jordan. And I don't know, my, my name, my ninja name changes from time to time. And you can find me on YouTube at Ninja Reviews. But for another Pixels and Ink podcast, we'd like to thank you again for listening. Stay safe, stay home, wear a mask, and listen to amazing podcasts by amazing people.